Hey there, everybody. We are ready for part three of Parenting in a Pandemic, Fearless Mom Facebook Live. We are, golly, how many times, how many days now, Emily, have we been? Three and a half weeks. Three and a half weeks, yes. Amazing. We hope your family's doing well. Let's see, Lindsay Holler, let's see. And Ashley Pruitt, this is so fun. I love this. Megabano, Wonder Woman, that girl has four children. She is amazing. I love it, I love it. Uh-oh, Emily, I think I, is it showing up that I'm getting a text on my phone when I get a text? No. Okay, so you can't tell? because You cannot see that. Okay, well, my dad just texted me. Oh. <laughs> um, I, hello, everybody. I'm super excited to get started on part three today um, as we talk about emotions and discipline in this situation. Things do um, look a little bit different. I also wanted to show you guys, because I know I mentioned that my lashes, I was down to, I think about four lashes. And so, Emily, can you see them from there? Yeah, they look great. I put the magnetic lashes on, like where you paint that little strip. I mean, not paint it, but like do eyeliner, and then it sticks to your eye. It is amazing. I do not have them on um, perfectly, but that's okay. But um, they're amazing. I love them. Uh, and uh, we, I had makeup on already today because we were filming some stuff for Easter. So this was super fun because I typically only wear makeup two days a week, Sunday and Wednesday. So with, um, yeah, with recording some Easter stuff on different days, more it's, makeup. yeah, more makeup, man, it's wearing me slap out. Not really. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, first of all, as y'all are logging on, if y'all can say hello, maybe where you're from, and if you would add your favorite Easter candy. What is your favorite Easter candy? So give us a shout out, tell us where you are, and then tell us your favorite Easter candy. Um, Emily, what is, I know what Emily's is. It's the same as yours, right? it, it, Emily and I have the same favorite Easter candy. And that is the Reese's peanut butter egg. To me, that is by far the best one. Uh, Melissa Dalrymple says Cadbury eggs. Those are, um, I think my sister Emily used to like those. So we would kind of trade and um, she would get the Cadbury eggs. And do you remember, Emily, you may be scarred, but the um, Easter Bunny would always bring obviously Reese's peanut butter eggs. And then while the kids were at school or at Mother's Day out, Sometimes the Easter Bunny would come back and eat an egg or two. Do you remember? Um, Vividly. <laughs> you, that, that, that did happen. That did. That did. And look, you, you rebounded. Would own it. You would own it. I did. Well, when you were little, you literally thought <laughs> the Easter Bunny came and ate some of the candy. Um, a lot of people are saying Cadbury eggs. They do not even compare, in my opinion, to. Reese's eggs. Reese's eggs. Yes. Oh, Angela Woodbridge. Yeah, she likes Reese's eggs too. I love Reese's eggs by far, by far. Um, okay, another thing we want to hear from you. I'm going to ask you some questions and let you chime in. I uh, love hearing from you guys. So, how are you finding time for yourself? How are you finding time for yourself in the quarantine? Because even if you have older kids, 
Um, we are discovering, it's just the three of us at home right now, and having time just to yourself, Emily, you don't have to chime in and say that I'm in your business, but I would say that is a challenge, just because um, I am not accustomed to everybody being home all day, all the time. So finding time for yourself. I would love to hear how you're doing it. Um, if Ashley Horn is tuning in, I know how she does it. She wakes up at like five in the morning. And, and that's what, I, I've realized that's actually the best time for me to do it also. Um, did somebody just say their favorite Easter candy is Peeps? <laughs> Those marshmallow things. Um, but uh, how are you finding time for yourself? Okay, another thing we want to hear from you. What is the fa your favorite Netflix series? What is your favorite Netflix series that you have discovered? Um, Emily and I loved um, The Pharmacist. It is a true oh, story. It is a sweet. It's heavy. Oh, it's heavy. Yeah. But it was such a sweet story. Yes. yes. Yeah, it it is heavy. You're right. You're right. It's heavy. It's a sweet story. I think. Yeah, I think. It is. It is. It, it's sweet and heart wrenching. You're right. It it is a heavy story. But I thought that was a good one. Or your favorite um, novel that you've read. If there is a good book. Emily, do you have a favorite novel? I do. What's your favorite? Oh, yeah, you just read. What? Yes, The Alice Network. The Alice Network. Emily's recommending The Alice Network. Are you chiming in, Emily? Are you? Oh, yeah, I'm oh, commenting. Oh, there you go. So your favorite food, how you're finding time for yourself, your favorite Netflix series, or your favorite book. We'd love to hear that. One thing we do about Fearless Mom is we want to create this community, and we want to help each other out. Oh, my gosh, somebody said Tiger King. I can't even. Carol Baskin. They're releasing the next. They're, they are releasing another episode. But we want to give you the opportunity to cheer other moms on and to share ideas. Even when we do meet in Austin and we have our small groups that are facilitated by our Titus II team, the Titus II leaders, one of their main objectives is to encourage and to facilitate conversation between the moms. So we may have a discussion question, but the facilitators, they really want to encourage moms to encourage other moms and to share your ideas. So when we are talking about something like it's important, you know, self-care, how important it is, we want to hear your ideas and your experience about how you find time for yourself, particularly if you have a baby at home, or if you have toddlers, or if you have preschoolers, or if you have teenagers, uh, let us know because your um, insight, your experience can help another mom. We say that our mistakes are only wasted if we keep them to ourselves. We wanna encourage each other by sharing our experience. Um, I am super excited uh, as we get going today. Today, we're gonna wrap up this series, Parenting in a Pandemic, and we're gonna switch gears next week. We're gonna keep going, but we're gonna switch gears and talk about um, grit and tenacity. But today, we are in part three. Um, one thing I wanted to say that I've been doing, Emily, in this Parenting in a Pandemic, it really is not directly related to parenting, but it actually, I think everything is related because I think anything that makes you feel better affects how you parent. And every day I wake up and have one task that I'm going to complete um, that's not work related or um, it, it's more like, okay, today I'm going to um, 
wash three loads of clothes. Like that'll be my goal. And I think it doesn't matter what else I'm doing. I'm, I'm working, doing other things, but I have that task that I'm completing. Or I'll say, today I'm gonna clean out the freezer or today I'm gonna clean out my closet. And just having that task, um, that very short term, I think makes me feel better and more productive. Since I can't leave the house, I don't feel as productive. So I think those, we ha talked last week about short term goals and long term goals. Your, um, the AQU, the after quarantine U, and how your AQU is determined by your DQU. Your habits during quarantine will um, establish and determine your after quarantine U. And so one of the things that I realized is that I like the really short term goals that I feel like I can accomplish a lot. And um, I believe Peggy Martin had commented on that, her very short term goal. And I, I think that's actually very helpful in this time when everything is so ambiguous and there's so much uncertainty to have that checklist and to check that off each day. Um, and then also what we've been doing as a family that's been um, very beneficial. And when I say as a family, we obviously don't have all four of our children. It's just, it's Emily, not just Emily. <laughs> I'm sorry. What I meant, I meant like, it is just the three of us here. And then with our dogs, we go for a walk in the park down the street. And that's been huge. And you know, the research shows that, um, a nature pill is what one doctor said, but the research showed that um, 20 minutes near nature, so let's say your allergies are terrible, even if you, I believe, could sit at a window and look outside, make sure your view is close to nature, particularly if you can put up a bird feeder, anything like that that makes you feel close to nature. But if you can get outside, if your allergies are in a place and the weather's in a place where you can get outside, 20 minutes a day, four times a week, will dramatically decrease your cortisol and we believe increase your serotonin you know it decreases your stress hormone and increases your happy hormone but then the research showed that if you could increase that time from 20 minutes that four times a week to 40 minutes there was a steep increase in the benefits so now after that it was an incremental change so it wasn't as significant but if you can get outside 20 minutes four times a week um, but then if you can increase that to 40 minutes, you will see even bigger benefits. And so we love to take science and work that into our lives and um, we do our own experiments. And so that is what that research shows and we have actually found that to be true um, ourselves too. I think also just getting outside and if you're walking in a park, I know we've seen people, we're keeping our safe distance, but we wave. And um, I think the same thing about neighborhoods. I've seen a lot of people, it's just a social interaction, um, a safe, social interaction, social distancing. Um, okay, tonight we have something fun. So, Emily, what time is it? Okay, it is 9.09. .09. At 9.10, we're gonna start the giveaway okay. because people have only 10 minutes. So the giveaway is for 10 minutes only. In the next 10 minutes, you can register to win our towels. Look at these, guys. When we designed these, these two dish towels, they come in a set. When we designed these for um, the conference, we obviously had no idea what was coming. I'm gonna tell you what this one says. It says, I'm home, I'm safe, I like it here. 
I'd say that's pretty relevant to what we're doing today. And then the other one says, she laughs without fear of ordering takeout. So if you want to win this set, then you can text fearless at home. Text fearless at home to 94090. You've got 10 minutes. And so if you text fearless at home to 94090, then what will happen is um, everyone's text will come in and Deanne is watching it and she will send, um, uh, well actually the whole program will send a winner to three people. We're gonna give away three sets. So three people will win the dish towels that say, I'm home, I'm safe, I like it here, how relevant. And she laughs without fear of ordering takeout. And we will mail those to you. So you've got 10 minutes, okay? You've got 10 minutes. So Emily, at 9.20, tell me, okay? What? 9.20, it's your job. Hey Siri, set an alarm, do that hey, business. Hey Siri, set a timer for nine minutes. Okay, and so we'll pick the winner. I love giveaways, I love party favors. Um, we're actually, we have a few of these left from the um, conference, and so we're going to be giving them away and hopefully opening our online shop pretty soon. So I am ready to get started um, today. Before we get started, I did want to remind everybody that um, we all need to be mindful as we are monitoring our media. And those all started with an M, so I'll repeat it. We all need to be mindful as we monitor our media. And I don't just mean um, the news, although I do, I, I do not watch any of the press conferences anymore. I, it was too much, it was too much information for me. Um, and I was really struggling to filter what's real, what's not. And so, um, as we have mentioned before, we go to Smart Her News, either for Instagram or her website, smarthernews.com, because she will take it and filter it and just give you bullet points and what you need to know. And so um, monitor your media and also your social media, particularly those of you who are struggling with or loving. Some people are struggling, some people are loving the doing the schooling at home, the online schooling, because what I've found on social media is, um, you can, it can make you feel really great about what you're doing or it can make you feel really lousy about what you're doing. I think as moms, one of the things we wanna do in Fearless Mom is create community, how we can learn from each other and we can cheer each other on. But what we wanna do is we want to learn from but not compare to each other. And sometimes when we get on social media, a couple of different things happen. Um, we can either start to compare and feel like we're the only ones. I'm the only one who's not doing this well. I'm the only one who doesn't know what I'm doing. And shame is like mold, it grows in the dark. So if you begin to think in your mind, I'm the only one, and then you convince yourself you're the only one, then you won't speak it to anyone else. And so what we wanna do is we wanna help remove that shame. And so we say, hey, you know what? We're all struggling. I don't know what I'm doing either. We're all making it up as we go. Fortunately, we serve the God who does know what's going on and we will continue to try and continue to work to get better and stronger. That doesn't mean we always have the right answers. It means we won't quit trying. That's a big difference. We don't always have the right answer, but we always keep trying to get better and to get stronger. And so when you look at that social media, sometimes it can make you feel um, like you're the only one. The other thing it can do is it just stirs the pot. 
And so I would encourage you, if you're posting on social media, um, don't be a potster, you know, and it's super easy to dog the teachers saying they're giving us too much work. They're not giving us, uh, giving us enough work. You know what? You know how it's the first time for you to live in a pandemic? It's also the first time for our educators to teach in a pandemic. We're all learning. So there's enough grace to go around. So if you're gonna get on social media, work hard to post something positive and to cheer each other on, to say something great about the people in the grocery store, to say something nice about the educational system that you're in. Try to be encouraging, try to be a source of hope for other people um, and a source of encouragement. Guys, it's pretty simple. Just think before you type. That's all I'm gonna say. Think before you type and think, is this, is this helping anyone? Is this adding hope? Is this adding peace? Is this adding joy? Um, because uh, we're all wired differently and that is something to be celebrated. We're glad that we are all so different. Um, you know, whether you're enjoying your kids or barely tolerating your kids at home right now, the most important thing is how you're loving your kids. And so I get it. I get that um, this is a surprise for all of us that we're now in week three. Some of us are in week four. And so it's kind of dragging, but we can make a choice. Our words are our responsibility. And so I can do what I need to do to pull myself together to speak peace and hope and joy. Doesn't mean I don't get frustrated. Doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. I apologize and I move on. I own it. But what matters is that we recognize that we're all different. Um, Psalm 139 verse 14, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. We, each of us, we are wonderfully complex and distinctly different. And we celebrate those differences. We learn from, but we don't compare to others. <clears throat> I think it's important that we also recognize as we are really getting to spend a lot of time with our kids, more so than usual, that not only are we created, um, wonderfully complex and distinctly different, but so is each of our children. Our children are all wired differently. They are too wonderfully complex and distinctly different. And so when you're considering how you're broaching the subject of the virus in your home or how you're planning your activities, consider each child. I had a mom text me and she has a high schooler, a middle schooler, and an elementary. And she said, it's just so interesting how different everyone is. You know, some of your kids may be like, I just love talking about it. It's so interesting to me, the science of it, the statistics. I wanna learn as much as I can. Other kids are like, what's happening? I mean, all I know is I'm not seeing my friends right now. And that's about all they are aware of. Other kids are saying, I'm sick of it. I don't wanna talk about it anymore. And so your responsibility as mom is to say, you know what? We're all different and no one is wrong in that. And so what we're gonna do, we're gonna figure out how to meet everybody's needs in this house. Um, and uh, that means give and take on everybody's part. But another thing I wanna encourage you to do, that verse, Psalm 139, 14, we're gonna revisit it at the end. Thank you, God, for making, and then your child's name. Thank you, God, for making Emily so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. Thank you, God, for making Joe so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. Sometimes, 
when you are all alone in the house. I need to remember to say, thank you, God, for making Mac so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. I know that full well. Because you know what? We love each other, have a great marriage, enjoy spending time together. We've never been together this much in this situation, under these circumstances. So I've got to remember that we are different and we respond differently. And so we give grace to each other. I give grace to myself when I'm not handling it correctly and I own it and move on. I give grace to Matt, I give grace to Emily. I pray that they are extending grace to me as well. We celebrate the fact that we are all distinctly different and wonderfully complex. And that is why we can learn from without comparing to others. Um, that is Galatians 6, 4, and 5. It's been our theme verse for Fearless Mom this year. Pay careful attention to your own work. Be careful when you start comparing on social media. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to others. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Pay careful attention to your own work. You know, if I stay busy doing what I need to do, I don't have time to get distracted and trying to determine, am I doing better than she is or worse than she is? Is our home better than what's going on across the street or worse? It's not about that. It's about me embracing my responsibility and doing my best. We're learning from, but not comparing to. And then 2 Timothy 1.7 has um, been a key verse of mine for um, this situation, Emily, what do you call it? Pandemic, yeah. um, whatever it is. Oh, it's 920, Emily, is the alarm going off? In like 30 seconds. Oh, in 30 seconds. Oh, 30 seconds, guys. Text in. Um, nine, fearless at home. 94090. We are about to announce the winners of the dish towel. 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Fearless at home to 94090. I feel like I'm like on a telephone like or something. <laughs> it's done. It's done? Oh, it's done. Okay. Then we will, Deanne will get the information um, to Julia and we will, the, the winners will already know, but we'll let everybody know um, uh, who the winners are in just a minute. Uh, so, okay, I was telling about my verse, 2 Timothy um, 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but instead of power of love and of self-discipline. And I think that's very important for us to remember right now, the power that he gives us. I will tell you this, we will get to the end of ourselves. You may have gotten to the end of yourself today. I know I've certainly gotten to the end of myself. And that's what it says. God has not given us a spirit of timidity of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. And that's his strength, his power, his love. We will get to the end of ourselves, and that is so that we are now dependent on him. So when I get frustrated, when I get tired, when I get afraid, when I get anxious, I go, you know what? God is stepping in where I fall short, and it is his power, his love, his self-discipline that will fill in the gaps for me. And so I claim that power. I do my part and allow God to do his part. I do the natural, let him do the supernatural. I do my best and let him do the rest. So it's about leaning in to his power, his love, and his self-discipline. And man, when it comes to family dynamics, I need the strength to do the right thing. 
I need the love to give grace and to be kind, and I need the self-discipline to embrace my responsibility and to get enough sleep, to eat the right things, and to make sure I'm exercising because it all feeds on everything else. So I actually have more love when I am disciplined, when I am aware, when I wake up early, actually when my alarm goes off and I choose to sit and have my coffee and then I read my Bible and I journal and I spend time being grateful, now I actually have that power and that love. So I think sometimes we have power, love, self-discipline. I think sometimes we put that self-discipline up there first and that's where we find our power and our love. You can do this and I, you are, you may be in uh, at a point right now where you're thinking, I, I don't think I can go another day. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that you can, one day at a time. Some days you go one hour at a time, maybe one step at a time. Don't get ahead of yourself, don't get over your skis, one hour at a time, one day at a time. Deep breaths, long walks, whatever you need to do to get your mind and heart right to embrace the responsibility that God has blessed you with, and that is motherhood and family. Pace yourself, know yourself, and take care of yourself. I'm gonna say it again. Pace yourself, know yourself, know your capacity. I celebrate my friends who have greater capacity. I have compassion for others when they're in a stage where they seem to um, be struggling with less and I embrace my capacity. I'm comfortable with my own when I can celebrate someone with more and have compassion for someone with less. But I know myself and I know my limits. I know how much sleep I need and I know how much rest I need. I know how much coffee I need. I know how much exercise. So I've got to pace myself, know myself, and take care of myself. Tonight's theme verses, and it's three in a row, it's Proverbs 31, 25 through 27. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. Are you joking me right now? I'm gonna repeat it. She laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. Confession. I read this verse. I had already decided that it was going to be our theme verse. And then when I was typing it to get the notes to Joy and everything, I was like, uh-oh. She gives instructions with kindness. There is that power, love, and self-discipline. And her words are wise. She carefully watches everything in her household and she suffers nothing from laziness. Sometimes when I read Proverbs 31, I want to hit that girl. Um, like the Proverbs 31 woman, I just want to punch her in the throat. because. But then I realized like, okay, this is not a real person. This is the ideal. This is our goal. And what do we say? There's no one who's perfect, but we're always working to get better and get stronger. And so what is our goal? Strength and dignity and laughter without fear of the future. Caveat. I do not know a mother <clears throat> who is not afraid. Um, so I do not believe that we are created to get to a place where we are without fear. When we say fearless mom, it is not the goal of never feeling fear. Here's what we say. You can feel fearful and act fearless. 
You can feel fearful and act fearless. It is about leaning in and fighting even when you feel fearful. When you feel anxiety, you continue to embrace the responsibility. Um, fear is um, always gonna be there. It's at different levels in different seasons and different times, but we see it. This is what we say about our emotions. You catch it. I, I try to recognize when it's a feeling, when it's a thought. So catch it, see it, name it. I am feeling fear. Own it. What can I do to decrease my cortisol, to decrease my adrenaline? I own it. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to go to bed on time. I'm going to um, not watch the news as much. I'm going to listen to music that calms me down. I'm going to own it, and then I'm going to strap it in the back seat where it goes. I don't want it driving my car. I don't want it in the trunk pretending like it never happened. Um, I'm going to catch it, see it, name it, own it, do what I can, and strap it in the back seat. That's what we mean when we say fearless. Those are our theme verses, and I love it. Um, <clears throat> I was talking to Emily, and we love that Easter is coming up. Uh, and it did remind me of Easter shopping with Emily. And perhaps some of you have heard the story about Emily's imaginary husband, Michael. Um, when Emily was three years old, we were shopping for Easter sandals. And apparently... Um, Michael was very opinionated about Emily's Easter attire. And so, uh, like, you, you heard me right, Emily was three. So it was Easter and we were in this little boutique and um, I had already told Emily, Emily, we're gonna go get white sandals um, and uh, we're gonna go pick out white sandals to go with your dress that we've already bought. So we get in the little store and Emily obviously spotted something else um, that she liked. And so she begins to scream at me, um, Michael doesn't like white sandals at the top of her lungs. This was a tiny store, not a big department store, tiny little store. I start sweating. I um, am like, oh, let's try these, Emily. And she repeats herself louder. Michael doesn't like white sandals. So I whip around to her. This is not my finest parenting moment. And I yell, Michael doesn't make decisions in our family. To which the sweet, poor girl trying to help us says, um, who is Michael? And I had a choice to make in that moment. I could tell her the truth and um, lose all dignity whatsoever or I could make something up. You know what, I just went with it. And I said, that is her imaginary husband. <laughs> and blank, blank look on the poor girl's face. At that point, I did say, you know what, we don't need any sandals right now. And we left the store. I have no idea what shoes Emily wore to Easter that year. Emily, do you remember, was that ever resolved? Because Michael definitely wanted the rainbow sequin Birkenstocks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like sequins, they, not glitter. Sequins. Like. Yeah. Big, yeah. Mm -hmm. Did not go with her smocked outfit that I had gotten her. Yes. Michael and she had a tumultuous relationship. There are many, <laughs> many stories about Michael. Um, and, yeah, they had three children, Casey, David, Kavid. They um, argued all the time. Um, at one point, y'all were getting a divorce. Yeah. I don't even know where you'd heard the word divorce. I think I like, held it over his head. I did. Oh, oh. And then, get this. She enters kindergarten, and she meets a boy named, <laughs> wait for it, Michael. And comes home and says, 
It was first it's week of school. First week of school. Angela Woodbridge, if you are um, still on, this is Michael Edwards. Okay, so Emily comes home the first week of kindergarten and she says, Mom, I'm engaged. I said, that is amazing. And she said, Michael and I are getting married. And I said, oh my gosh, that is so fun, Emily, that you are pretending. That is a good thing to pretend. And she said, we are not pretending. We love each other. Legit, Emily. Do you remember that? Oh, I felt it in But my then soul. they broke up. Why did y'all, what happened? Well, first we got engaged because I told him he loved Yeah, me. she told him that they were engaged. That we were I, in love. Yes. Oh, that they were in love. Yes, she told and Michael. I broke up with him because he wanted to go be the crocodile hunter in Australia. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know if y'all can hear that. She broke up with him because he wanted to go be the crocodile hunter in Australia. And I was afraid of animals coming up through the toilet and getting our children. And Emily was afraid of... That is... I don't even know if I can repeat that. People are scared of snakes coming up through the toilet. That's real. You were afraid of snakes coming up in the toilet and, like, and getting your children yeah. only if you lived in Australia? Exactly. Oh, only in Australia. Well, there you have it. I um, still Yes, she did. So there you go. There you have it. I hope that um, makes you feel better about um, your parenting right now. That's really the goal, right? Was that a uh -huh, I think so. I think so. But as we look at the Proverbs 31 woman, it's not about guilt because guilt is the enemy of forward progress. Sometimes when I look at Proverbs 31, I can become overwhelmed. And so my reflex when I'm overwhelmed is just to pull back and to not try at all. Instead of going, hey, you know what? This is an outline. This is a goal. This is something I should strive toward. It's not something I'm going to um, let overwhelm me or keep me from trying just because it seems out of reach. So she's clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs without fear. When she speaks, her words are wise. She gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household right now. That just could not be more true. And she suffers nothing from laziness. Um, this is hard work we're doing. And like I said, we will get to the end of ourselves. But this is not about guilt. Um, this is about finding that peace, hope, and joy that we're all seeking. This is what I believe to be true. Every human on the planet is seeking peace, hope, and joy. I believe everyone is, whether they can articulate that or not. I believe that if you will submit to God's design for your life, that if you will submit your life to his laws and your ways to his word, your life will work better. He's your creator. He knows how life works best. His design is for you to live within these parameters. So when he gives parents the responsibility to teach and train, direct and correct, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's older, he won't depart from it, he gives us those directives. He says embrace the role of parent. He says that because he believes that's how life works best. And God doesn't just believe it. God knows it. He says it because he knows that's how life works best. So when I lean into that, even when I'm afraid, even when I'm overwhelmed, I lean in and I do the work. Even when I feel like I'm not equipped for it, I'm finding peace and hope and joy. I get to the end of my day and I go, actually, you know what? I didn't do it perfectly, but I did my best. And I'm feeling the hope for tomorrow. It can be even better. The joy, I actually enjoy it more. And then the peace, I gave it my best. And that's what we're about. 
not adding to your to-do list, but my desire is that when you put your head on the pillow at night, that you're feeling peace. I did my best today. You're feeling hope. Tomorrow is gonna be another good day. And then you feel the joy. You know what? This is actually a blessing that I get to do this. I'm not saying everything you do will always feel that way. Not every interaction, but the big picture, zoom out. My prayer is that you feel the peace, the hope, and the joy. And so we're going to talk about some things that I believe is our responsibility to implement in our homes. And so, yeah, it's stuff that you should do, but it's not about adding to your to-do list. It's about helping you be intentional with what you're already doing. And it's about shifting your mindset and shifting your perspective. Just look at it a little differently. Sometimes we spend so much time, so much energy being frustrated that, yeah, we're exhausted. When if we took a minute, gathered ourselves, and then said, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna look at this differently. I can see opportunity in this obstacle and I'm gonna work to get it better. Now I'm wasting half the energy. I'm spending half the energy. So that's what I wanna encourage you to do because parenting is more about responsibility than ability. It's a responsibility, it's a gift, it's a blessing, it's a responsibility. It's not based on your ability. Guess what? If you have children in your home, it's your responsibility. Whether they're there by birth, by marriage, by fostering, by adoption, it's your responsibility and good news, God's gonna fill in the gaps when you fall short. And so one of our responsibilities, we say, what is parenting? Parenting is about equipping children to be happy, healthy adults, equipping children to be resilient, competent, independent adults. Is that overwhelming? Yes. When I consider it, the appropriate response is to throw up in my mouth a little bit. If you're throwing up in your mouth a little bit, that is completely appropriate. What we want to do is break it down into pieces and say, okay, oh, that is huge. That is a big job. All right, let's just talk about tomorrow. Let's take it one day at a time, one step at a time. So we're gonna talk about discipline in the home when things are wonky. How do you discipline when things are wonky? I just added that word, I don't know if that, but I, I, would, I think this qualifies when as wonky. wonky. When how do you discipline when things are wonky? Kind of like parenting in a pandemic, but it's discipline when things are wonky. Um, Discipline is really just about equipping our children. Sometimes we think discipline is just about doling out consequences and punishment, but it's really about preparing our kids. It's much bigger. Um, and when we look at it this way, it's actually much simpler. It's about establishing the desired behavior, articulate and model it. You give positive consequences when you see the desired behavior, negative consequences when you don't, rinse and repeat over and 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 some of you are going well i've tried this three days in a row and it's not working try it four i've tried it five days in a row and i don't know if it's working keep at it and see here's the deal you do your best you do your best and you 
pray and go, God, show me how to handle this situation. Talk to a couple of trusted friends. Okay, I'm gonna lean in and I'm going to um, work hard at it. We've got videos galore about discipline. A parent, you know, pirate parenting, 2020 parenting. Um, it's a big deal. You go to the website, you can get a snoot full of discipline um, videos to help you, to give you some tools. But it's just about remembering your purpose. My job is just to help them be happy, healthy adults. And so right now, it looks a little wonky. It looks a little different. But what I want you to do is zoom out and quit thinking about COVID right now. Just think, okay, we're all together for a long time and we've got a lot going on. So now, how am I going to discipline? Discipline is more about shaping a child's heart than it is fixing a behavior. So if you're zoomed in and you're looking at just one thing that's driving you crazy, I can't get my kid to do the math homework, zoom out and go, okay, what is this? I wanna figure out how to best communicate with my child. Well, I can't get her to do this, I can't, okay, zoom out. It's more about shaping a child's heart than it is fixing the behavior. So zoom out, see if you can get a big picture here. Um, and I think that we have a unique opportunity here a unique opportunity that we'll never have again. We say all the time, rules without relationship build resentment and rebellion. Rules with relationship build responsibility and respect. Rules without, that is all about just rules, rules, authoritarian parenting, and that builds resentment and rebellion. Rules with, though, this is what we want. We want rules with relationship because it builds respect and responsibility. Guys, we have all the time in the world to work on the relationship right now. And if you're frustrated, particularly if you're in a situation with a preteen or teen, or you're in a situation and you're saying, I can't get my child to do this homework, back up and go, you know what? I'm gonna take a day, I'm gonna take two days, we're gonna work on the relationship. I'm gonna take an hour and we're gonna work on the relationship. I'm, we're gonna do something fun together. We're gonna do something my child likes. We're going to watch a TV show, play a game together, whatever it is. We talk about parenting. Um, if you look at a parenting pendulum, over here you have, um, you know, uh, Sergeant Sally and she's just doling out the consequences, doling out the rules. And some of you may feel like that right now. Like, I just have to stay on him, stay on him about the homework. You're over here, you know, you said, I'm, I feel like Sergeant Sally. Others are pushover Paula. What? Oh no, that homework, we're not doing any of that. We're just sleeping late. I don't want anybody to get upset. This is a scary time. And so this is what we're going for right here. We're going for Coach Kelly. Coach Kelly embraces the responsibility, but she understands the relationship is important too. So she has the rules and the relationship. And so if you feel like, hey, I've kind of been drifting over here toward um, you know, Sergeant Sally, then what can you do to come back to Coach Kelly? You, you know, plan a game night. Ask your kids, what could we do? If your kids are little and you're toddlers, and you're like, I'm getting so frustrated with them right now. I'm not enjoying them at all. I'm like not even wanting to be around them. Then you know what? What can we do to change it? It's okay to be frustrated. You just don't want to live frustrated. It's okay to be angry. You just don't want to live angry. We, we acknowledge all of our emotions. You know what? Catch it, see it, name it, own it, and then strap it in but you just don't wanna live there. And so embrace the responsibility and um, be honest with yourself. Hey, you wanna be brave? Ask your kids, ask your kids. 
Um, you know, what um, would you describe me as Sergeant Sally or Coach Kelly? Emily, what was I? I, I had I have seasons of all well, yeah. of them. Yeah. Don't you think? But you were very relational. I, I, I was relational. So, I think I could be relational sometimes when I knew Dad was going to swoop in. Mm. I think so. But I, um, I had the advantage of um, understanding that it makes my discipline so much more effective mm -hmm. if I spend time. And, and so I did have that advantage. So I can't say enough about the relationship and about spending time. And we have all the time in the world right now to um, work on our relationships with our kids. And um, I just, I can't, it, it's hard for me. It, I, you, you just can't express it enough. Getting yeah. to know your kids, spending time with your kids, um, taking time at dinner. Good grief. The, the meal times now, we're not in a rush. Nobody has practice, so there's no hurry. Um, and I, I, I will say this. Many times I planned fun family things, and they bombed. Um, <laughs> I planned game nights, and it ended in tears. Um, this is what I would tell you. Don't stop. Don't give up. So you plan a big meal night, two siblings get in an argument, you have to send them to their rooms, it just becomes a big discipline fest, and you're like, this is not at all what I pictured. You know what, go ahead and send them to their rooms, and you have a date night with your husband. <laughs> Enjoy the time together. It doesn't always um, pan out like you think, but don't stop. Don't quit trying. Stay at it, lean in. Um, so now I'm going to give you a few points, though, about that discipline. Again, we've got series and series on discipline. You can find them on the website. But discipline in a wonky season. Discipline in a difficult season. Um, a few points to implement. We've already said about discipline simplified. You know, establish the behavior. Um, model and articulate it. Give positive. This is important to understand. I think we skip this part a lot. When we say establish the desired behavior and then model and articulate it, the next point is if the behavior is displayed, give a positive consequence. That is part of discipline. Praise, praise, praise. Look for ways to compliment your child. Look for ways to catch them doing the right thing. Pray, God, open my eyes. Let me see them doing something right because I feel like all I've been doing is correcting the wrong. And so if you're in that spot, then look for something to, you know, look for um, ways to praise. Um, and then uh, the negative consequence if the, it's not displayed. And you got to hang on to that even in wonky times. So here we go. Discipline in a difficult season. Number one, proactively prepare everyone. Proactively prepare everyone. When I, what I mean by that is you think through the day, what it's going to be like, and prepare everyone. So let's say we're going to meet in the morning, morning breakfast. Um, okay, guys, this is what we've got today. Or maybe you have a weekly meeting. Your kids are older. Okay, guys, this is what we've got this week. Let's talk about it. And so maybe it's a toddler. Okay, this is what we're doing today. Um, and you lay it out for them. Be uh, as proactive as you can. Recognize triggers. Let's say that um, you have a child that you've seen a pattern of undesirable behavior. Well, now it's a great time to set us up for a win today. So talk about that. Involve them in the discussion. Say, okay, today we are going to be working on 
first time obedience. Obey swiftly, sweetly, and completely. So today, I'm going to be on the lookout for every time you obey swiftly, sweetly, and completely. I think you can do it. What do you think? Let's practice. With little ones, that's what you do. With bigger ones, you go, hey, you know what? Man, we have all been in this house a lot together. And so it is getting challenging to continue to be kind. I'm on the lookout today. Every time I see one of you say something kind to the other, I'm going to notice it. I'm going to put, um, you know, I don't know what your positive consequence is for your kid. But set them up. Set them up for a win and have great expectations. I believe you can do it. I believe you can do it. Um, talk about emotions if you are uh, if you guys have a lot of feelings in your home if you feel like um i will say this we've said this many times you can't separate academic achievement from emotional um, health and so if you are you know really having a hard time getting your kids to do their schoolwork, um take a step back from school and think you know and talk about why is this happening why are we butting heads because guess what guys um, it's not worth it even if you just had to do this for two more days. I would say take a step back and try to figure out and talk to, particularly if you have a preteen or teen, go, hey, dude, you know what? This is tough. This is tough for all of us, and I get it. It is um, different, and you miss your friends. But here's the deal. you got to do your work, and it's my responsibility to get you to do it. So how can we make this work? I don't want to yell today. I don't want to get frustrated. You don't want me to yell. You don't want consequences. How can we work on this together? And so it's best to be, talk about it before the day starts or before the week starts um, and talk about it in a neutral space, in a non-emotional moment. We're, when we are frustrated, when you've already reached your uh, point of frustration and you're all amygdala, you're emoting, you're, you know, your reflex is uh, emotional, don't talk about it then. There's no problem solving, there's no clarity, no um, creativity or uh, problem solving ability during that. You wanna wait until your prefrontal cortex, your heart rate is down. Um, so give everyone a chance to talk, give everyone a chance to participate in that. So proactively prepare everyone. And then number two, show empathy without excusing. Show empathy without excusing. This is tough because this is an unprecedented time. And so a lot of kids are frustrated. A lot of littles don't understand why they can't see their friends. And even if they don't know why, they are now acting out out of boredom. Whatever the reason, it's totally normal. It is not okay though. So let's say Emily, um, let's pretend Emily is 15 years old and at home. It is totally understandable for her to be frustrated with me that I'm now having to watch and make sure she does her homework assignments. That is totally understandable. It is unacceptable for her to be rude to me. So understandable, but not acceptable. So what I can do is I show empathy, but I don't excuse the behavior. So what I would say is, Emily, you know what? I get it. This is this is tough, this is different, this is new, this is a change, you miss your friends, but I'm your mom and you can't talk to me that way. And so I'm going to show empathy, I validated her feelings, but I'm separating, I'm validate, separate, educate, validate the feeling, separate the feeling from the behavior, and now talk to her, okay, next time you're frustrated, Emily, what's something you can do? You know what, I've discovered, I've discovered that when I'm frustrated, it helps me to go for a walk around the block. It helps me. So now you can do that together. 
because these are life skills for them to learn. It's not about the homework assignment. It's about Emily understanding authority and understanding that she has to obey no matter what, even when she doesn't understand, even when she doesn't agree. Because at some point, she's going to disagree with what God is commanding her to do, her ultimate authority. And the right thing to do is to obey even when she doesn't understand, even when she doesn't agree. And so that um, we model, that's what parenting is, is modeling that healthy authority, that authoritative not authoritarian, authoritative parenting models that um, uh, healthy authority. So show empathy without excusing. Um, and, but we believe in our children. So I would say to Emily, it's hard, but I know you can do it. I know you can do the right thing. And um, God will always, always give you the strength to do the right thing, period. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So in LHC Kids, I know we taught that. I taught my children that. You're strong enough to be the only one. You're strong. Mom, everybody, everybody has friends coming over. All their parents are letting friends come over. They're all having play dates. They're all uh, interesting and irrelevant. You're strong enough to be the only one. This is what our family's choosing to do. And um, God will always give you the strength to do the right thing. Um, and so I show empathy, but I don't lower the bar of behavior. Um, now you've got toddlers, you've got littles, you've got, uh, you're going to make some modifications, but you preempt your day and you know their triggers and you know, so you try to get into bed earlier if that's their trigger. You try to, you know, schedule, make sure nap time, make sure, watch what they're eating. That can also contribute to, um, behavior things. So, uh, proactively prepare, show empathy without excusing, and then give consequences with kindness. Give consequences with kindness. I embrace the responsibility of being mom, and I embrace the responsibility of being the authority, and it's my job to shape my kids' hearts and to believe in them and say, you can do this, I believe in you, and then to stay at it. Even when I'm tired and I'm exhausted and I'm overwhelmed, I zoom out, take care of myself. I've got to, okay, deep breath. Now, have I been sleeping? Have I been eating? Have I been um, exercising? Have I been talking to friends? Have I been doing something fun, like watching a funny show, watching a funny movie, reading a funny book? We know that that increases serotonin. Can all the things that I can control, what can I do? I'm overwhelmed. All I can think about right now is, um, you know, how to get to the next minute. Then stop and say a prayer. God, I'm resting in your presence right now. That's it. If you're frustrated with your children, you're frustrated with your husband, you're frustrated with the situation, you're like, I'm just trying to keep my job and help my kids. Take a step back. If you're wound up, there's no clarity, no creativity, no problem-solving ability. You find yourself there, go to the bathroom, take a breath, take a break, watch your tone, Watch your face. Get your heart rate down. God, I rest in your strength, in your peace, in your hope. Give me what I need for the next hour and take one hour at a time. But give your consequences with kindness. Remember your responsibility. Consequences, when possible, should be discussed before. So again, you know how I said at the beginning of the day, talk about your expectations for the day. So no surprises. Hey, you know what? Here's the plan. If you don't get your, uh, how about this? When you get your homework done, you get more screen time. When you get your work done, you get to go outside. When you get your work done, you get to watch that TV show. When you get your work done, period. Now, it's their choice. And so when they come to you, can I do this? Can I do that? Well, have you done your work? Well, 
Yes, you can do it. You're, you have the opportunity to say yes. Yes, you can do it as soon as you get your work done. Yes, you can have screen time as soon as you get your work done. Yes, you can. Now the choice is theirs. And then we always say, if you feel like you've been saying no, 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 no all day, rephrase it. Instead of saying, um, no, you can't have screen time, say, yes, you can have screen time when you're finished. Instead of saying, don't get out of bed again, say, hey, stay in your bed and um, you get a piece of candy first thing when you wake up in the morning. I did have to do that with Emily. Probably not the healthiest thing in the world, but she got out of her bed all the time. And so I finally figured out that if I put a piece of candy at the top of the stairs, then when she got out of bed, if she stayed in her bed all night, if she stayed in her bed all night, there was a piece of candy. She could have it first thing in the morning. That's what worked for me. Um, Emily, are your teeth healthy and you're, yeah, okay. Yes, so it, 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 it seems to have worked. But again, you're trying to um, couch it and uh, present it in a positive way. You can do this if. Um, it helps us from feeling like we're saying no all the time. Um, follow through without emotion. That's when I, what I mean by give consequences with kindness. You have to get your emotions in control before you help handle their emotions. So, um, We've got a whole lesson on that. We just did that series, so I'm trying to think about if I can. I'll send that out to you guys. Make sure you're um, uh, subscribed on the website, and I can send that out to you. If you're subscribed, I'll put that out in this week's email, the series about getting your emotions in control um, before uh, working with your kids. And again, as much as you can state things positively, state things positively. Last one, view this time as time invested, not time wasted. This is more about perspective, but it definitely affects how you discipline in a wonky time. If you can view this as time invested and not time wasted. So many of us are, um, I know I've done it. I wake up, I get going, and I'm frustrated that I can't do certain things. Instead of saying, wow, there are actually a lot of things I can do. I can have coffee with Emily and Mac on the porch. I can um, get a lot of laundry done because I'm not going anywhere. I can, you know, FaceTime with my mom and my sisters. And I can reach out because guess what? I know my friend's at home too. And so I know she's going to answer my call. And so catch yourself every time you're saying, oh, I'm so frustrated. I can't do this. Think, well, but I can. And list three things. What can you do? I can do this, I can do Every time you think of one thing you can't do, now replace it with three things you can do. Look at it as time invested. You'll never have this opportunity again with your kids. You'll never have this time with your family. Am I frustrated some days? Yes, but I'm working hard to adjust my mindset and to look at it as time invested and not time wasted. I have to say, you know what? I'm fortunate that I have a home. I'm fortunate that I have family. I'm fortunate that I have children. And then I'm going to encourage you as we wrap up that verse that we said earlier. I want to go back to it. Um, we are created wonderfully complex. Let's see where that was in my notes. Thank you, God, for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Psalm 139, 14. And I want you to write that out for each of your children. Thank you, God, for making Emily so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship, she is posing over here. She's loving this one. Thank you for making Joe. Thank you for making Allie. Thank you for making Sylvie so wonderfully complex. 
Your workmanship is wonderful. I know it full well. And then I want you, every time you get frustrated with a family member, stop and think of three things you love about them. Three things you love about them. Max says I do this to him all the time, and I do. I'll say, name three things you love about me right now, and they can't be the things you said last time. Nor can he pause. That really bugs me. And so he'll think of three things that he loves about me. At this point, he's pretty used to me asking him that. But every time you get frustrated with someone, go, what are three things I love about them? And list those things. Maybe you need to write them down. And then every time you get frustrated with the day of the situation, go, you know what? What are three things that I'm going to, um, that I can do right now? What are three things I'm grateful for that I can do right now? View it as time invested, not time wasted. This is an opportunity, guys. I'm not gonna lie, it's hard, it's challenging, it's unprecedented, there's no guidebook for it. We're all making it up as we go, but we're together and we have technology. If this had happened 25 years ago, we couldn't do this. We couldn't encourage each other in this way. You can do this. You can do hard things. This I know to be true. If there are children in your home, God has called you to parent them, to equip them, to do your best at it and let him do the rest. He doesn't call you to perfection. He calls you to participation. Just lean in, just do your best. For crying out loud, just don't give up. I'm not saying don't take a break. Definitely take a break when you need it. Just don't give up. You can do it. How do I know that? Because I know that if you're a mom, God has put you in that position. And I know that he will give you what you need to get the job done. You know what else he'll give you? He will give you hope. He will give you peace. He will give you joy. But you have to do your part and lean in and look for it. Because even when we don't feel it, the hope is in him, the peace can be found in him, and the joy is what he does best, even when we don't feel it. As a matter of fact, when you don't feel it, that's when you have to lean in more. You keep at it. You do the right thing because it's the right thing until it feels like the right thing. You can do this. He will fill in the gaps. This I know to be true. Okay, Emily, do we have our winners? Did we list them on there? We do. Okay, who are our winners? Sarah Christensen. Sarah Christensen Illinois. from Illinois. We got her address, and we will be mailing it to you. Who else? I'm going to make an attempt at these two. Karen Kopalash. Karen Kopalash. Excellent. Also from Illinois. Also from Illinois. Excellent. Hey, I wonder if those are Heritage Girls. Our Mom Heritage Church right. Girls. Our Fearless Mom from Heritage. And and then, and who's the and other one? Bethany Frolic. Bethany Frolic. Excellent. We are super excited that you guys are our winners. We'll be mailing you the gift to remind you that I'm home, I'm safe, and I like it here. And maybe if you don't have these dish towels, you should write that on your window or on your mirror. I'm home, I'm safe, I like it here. We believe in you guys. And we, I want to pray for you before we close. Because I believe that God is up to something big in homes everywhere. And what an opportunity we have. And is it always fun? No. But you know what? It can always be purposeful. So let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. And I thank you for this time. I thank you for these moms. I thank you for every home represented. I ask God that you hover over them that you give them your peace, your hope, your joy, that you remind them 
that they're not alone, that you are in it with them. God, we are grateful that we can pray to the only one who knows what tomorrow holds. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. We'll see you guys next week.